It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, fellow buffoons? Welcome. It is PTL time. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. All my friends out there listening on the FM and AM airwaves. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on TikTok. We're everywhere. And you get to see why I have a face for radio. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to be moving right along with a lot of different topics. Going to talk about USA soccer and the disgrace, what they did last night. We'll explain. Former presidential candidate. You see him all over the tube. CNN. Well, he used to be on Fox News all the time. Uh, Not lately. Former presidential candidate and Congressman Joe Walsh going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to get to with him. Uh, One of my favorite guests, by the way. I love Joe Walsh. Love having him on. He's great uh, for the show, and uh, he's been good to me. So he'll be joining us here in just a few minutes. A lot to get to in regards to... Of course, Donald Trump, comments that he's made. And, you know, it's interesting because Comer and all these people are, are, are claiming that Joe Biden broke the law and he was involved with business dealings with Hunter Biden, yet there's literally no evidence to back it up. Comer even basically admitted that on Sean Hannity's show yesterday. We'll play that audio for you. Uh, Carla Sands saying that uh, Donald Trump is the uh, wants to be the law and order president in 2024. Laughable stuff. Uh, we'll get to all that stuff as well. I'm going to be giving you my take on the Raiders, my predictions for the Raiders season, which is, by the way, right around the corner. And uh, some Raiders fans might not be too happy with me. Uh, so we'll get to that a little bit later on as well. I want to start with something that I rarely ever talk about. I do talk about Reagan, Megan Rapino a lot and her ridiculous takes on transgenders playing uh against uh, women in professional sports. I mean, it's just absurd. And I'm glad that Megan Rapino is going to be retiring because I'm sick of her, quite, quite frankly. I am sick of Megan Rapino and her ridiculous takes. She was awful last night. Awful. Pathetic performance by U.S. women's soccer yesterday against a Portugal team where they should have won by at least two goals. And the score uh, ended up being in a 0-0 tie. Embarrassing performance by USA soccer. And uh, inches away, by the way, of losing and out uh, being outed in this tournament. Portugal, a player hit the post with a couple minutes left to go in the game. But this is where my frustration is. It's the fact that Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino and Crystal Dunn, they were celebrating and dancing after this embarrassing performance. Yes, anybody who covers professional soccer or U.S. women's soccer will tell you this was a disastrous embarrassing performance by the U.S. women's soccer team. And after a performance like this, you would expect that members of the team wouldn't be celebrating. Well, I want to play you some audio because this was Carly Lloyd, who, by the way, is exactly right. Seconds after seeing images of members of the U.S. women's soccer team celebrating, this was her reaction. Have a listen to this. 
And I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's nice to have this mentality afterwards, but 11 players play, can't bring it on? Well, this is more than just concerning. If these are not the images we should be expecting to see from a team that survived Portugal and survived to get to the round of 16. What? I, I appreciate them taking care of the fans, but let me tell you, Carly Lloyd's butt would be back in the locker room kicking things. I have, Throwing things. I have never witnessed, and just seeing these images for the first time right now on the desk, I've never witnessed something like that. There's a difference between being respectful of the fans and saying hello to your family, but to be dancing, to be smiling. I mean, the player of the match was that host. You were lucky to not be going home right now. And I mean, what would you Amen, by the way. Amen. She couldn't be more right. Carly Lloyd. You know, we see this in sports sometimes and we call it out, right? When it's a dismal performance and it's an embarrassing performance, which the U.S. women's soccer team, that's what it was. It was an embarrassing performance yesterday. And you got Megan Rapino dancing around like they just won the World Cup. I'm so sick of Megan Rapino and her stupid takes on everything. And this equality stuff, let me tell you, I'm the first person that'll say if a company is making money or a female is doing a job just as a man could do, then I want them treated fairly and I want equal pay. I've always said that. So I'm not one of those people. But this idea that the U.S. women's soccer team is so popular. Guess what? They're not. Here's proof. They can't even sell enough tickets for FIFA World Cup matches in New Zealand. FIFA has already given away 20,000 free tickets to help fill the stadiums, 20,000. And despite Megan Rapinoe's best attempts, people just aren't interested in women's soccer like a Megan Rapinoe will lead you to believe. But equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. Would they have to give out 20,000 tickets if this was the men's team? No, but they did that with the women's team. So Megan Rapinoe will be retiring now and she'll be going into the sunset. And when I think of Megan Rapino, I don't really, the first thing that comes to my mind isn't, wow, what an incredible soccer player. What an illustrious career. No, the first thing that enters my mind is your takes are buffoonery on transgenders competing against women on the playing field. Now, I know there's one Canadian Soccer player, born a man, transitioned to a woman. I believe the name is Quinn, if I'm not mistaken. But the idea that if you identify as a woman, you can compete against other women in professional sports is dangerous, and it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Megan Rapinoe should be ashamed of herself at the disservice she's doing to all female professional athletes across the country and across the globe because she has a platform. And it's absurd. The idea that if you're born a man, that somehow if you identify as a woman, you should be able to compete against other women. It's a joke. Megan Rapinoe wouldn't stand a chance competing against professional men's soccer players. She wouldn't get any playing time in her stardom. In her 20s and 30s, she wouldn't have gotten any playing time. And the fact that she endorses this and she's okay with it is absurd. The fact that you would have an embarrassing performance on a world stage against Portugal inches away from losing and that you would dance and celebrate after the game 
beyond unprofessional and an embarrassment to U.S. soccer. But you won't hear a lot of people talking about this, will you? And yes, women's soccer is not better and it's not more popular than men's soccer. The stats say otherwise. The ratings say otherwise. So anybody who tells you any differently is a liar and they have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. Period. To see Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, and Crystal Dunn dancing around and prating around like they just won a soccer game or soccer match when they barely, barely squeaked a tie with a Portugal team that is not very good is embarrassing. And I got to be honest with you, I, I root for USA and the Olympics. Whatever. I'm not sure I'm rooting for the U.S. women's soccer team after their behavior. I'm not sure I'm going to root for them. Not that it matters, not that they would care, but I'm not sure I am. And this idea that U.S. women's soccer is so popular is a farce, and it's a joke. How much money is the U.S. women's soccer team making? How much money are they making? I'd love to know the answer to that. If they were so popular, then why did FIFA have to give away 20,000 tickets? Because it's a farce. It's a lie. You're being lied to. Just when you hear about the popularity of the WNBA, you're being lied to. The WNBA has lost money 27 consecutive seasons in a row. But give the players more money. You are being lied to. There are certain organizations and that, that do make money. I could imagine that the Las Vegas Aces and Mark Davis are making money. Why? Because they're the champions and it's a good product. But as a whole, the WNBA loses money. I don't believe USA Women's Soccer is making boatloads of money either. I believe it's a farce and I believe it's a lie. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, former presidential candidate and former Congressman Joe Walsh is going to be joining us on the program. Oh, boy, do we have a lot to get to with him, including investigations into the Bidens and uh, Trump indictments, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh, boy, the fact that Donald Trump is beating Ron DeSantis by 20 points in Florida. We're going to get to him on all this stuff coming up next. Take a quick break. Be back right after this with Joe Walsh. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hungry for the best barbecue in Las Vegas? Come out to the infamous barbecue and meat market, John Moles Meats and Roadkill Grill in Las Vegas. John Moles was featured on the Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Now take home delicious meat selections for your grill, and while you're there, grab a bite of the best barbecue in Las Vegas. With two locations now at Tom and Gowan or on North Decatur, you're sure to find the perfect meats for your next barbecue or party. Find us online at johnmolemeats.com. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. A lot to get to in the news cycle. There's no question about that. And, you know, I say to myself, what a better person to talk about the issues of the day than one of my favorite guests. Of course, you know him as a former congressman in Chicago and a former presidential candidate. It's always great to have him on. Uh, always love uh, the podcast White Flag with Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh joins us right now. Uh, Joe, pleasure having you on again, as usual, my friend. How are you? Brian, how you been? Good to be with you, brother. Doing good, Joe. You've been pretty busy. I've been seeing you on CNN a lot lately. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. It's only going to continue, right? What a crazy time. Oh, what a crazy news cycle. I, I want to ask you this. I've never really talked to you about Robert Kennedy Jr., now, I believe he's a conspiracy theorist, and there's a reason why guys like Steve Bannon and Charlie Kirk support this guy. What do you make of Robert Kennedy Jr.? Let me, let me start by asking you that. I, I think he's a nut. I think he's a conspiracist. I think he's dangerous. Um, and I think Republican money is backing him to try to hurt and harm Joe Biden. You think he hurts the Kennedy name uh, by, you know, you saw the hearing, I would imagine, uh, the conspiracy theories, the ridiculous statements that he's made about the possibility that COVID could be uh, used to protect Jews and go after white and black people. I mean, he's hurting the Kennedy name, is he not? Yeah, but you and I may disagree on how valuable that Kennedy name is. (laughs) I, I generally have always subscribed, Brian, to the fact that I think the Kennedy name in America is much more myth than reality. JFK was much more myth than reality. Their old man was a bad guy. Bobby Kennedy might have made a really good president. But yes, even among that clan of men, and they, a lot of them were bad men. They all yeah. screwed around on their women. They treated women like crap. RFK Jr. is like the nuttiest. I tend to agree with you with that. Let me ask you this. With that being said, and we agree, do you still think that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can hurt Joe Biden? If, in fact, it is Joe Biden that's running, uh, it appears as though it will be. Do you think he will hurt the Democrats and it could hurt Joe Biden win reelection? I do, actually. I, I think as long as he stays in this race, look, Brian, and I think you might agree with me. We live in a populist moment where a lot of people are pissed off at our politics in both parties. RFK Jr. like Trump feeds into that. So him hammering Biden on a bunch of BS, I think will weaken Biden for the general election. I worry about that. Trump's going to be the nominee. And I hope every Democrat listening to us right now understands that Donald Trump has a hell of a chance of getting reelected. We better wake up to that. I think this is kind of a two-step. RFK Jr. is designed to kind of 
kind of uh, weaken Biden before he gets to the general. I agree. Speaking of Donald Trump's popularity, particularly among Republicans, what do you make of this? You spoke about it on social media, that Donald Trump is beating Ron DeSantis by 20 points in Florida. I mean, what does that say about Ron DeSantis? It says two things. First of all, it says DeSantis sucks. And I know the guy, Brian, you and I have talked. I mean, he's look, he's horrible with people. (laughs) All of us who know him have known that for a long time. He couldn't sit here and talk small talk with you, Brian. And if you're a candidate, you better be pretty good with people. So he's a lousy candidate. And Republicans all put their hopes in him because they wanted a Trump alternative. But they put their hopes in him sight unseen. Now, but the other thing is, it's not DeSantis's fault because all of these candidates are on an impossible road. Trump is the cult leader. It's still his party. They were never going to beat him anyways. Yeah, no, I agree with you. What do you make of the investigation into the Bidens and, and Joe Biden and Comer saying that, well, I, I hope we have the evidence, but yet even Kevin McCarthy the other day said that, well, we don't have evidence right now. Uh, they've been investigating the Bidens for how long now? And, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that she wants to impeach Joe Biden. Have you seen any evidence to show that Joe Biden committed any crimes? Because I haven't. None. None, none, none. Uh, But, Brian, I I remember you and I talking before the Republicans took control of the House a Mm -hmm. year or so ago. We said this is going to be two years of revenge, retribution for how these Republicans believed Trump was treated. Mm -hmm. So they are going to do nothing but investigate stuff. Look, here's the deal. And I don't mean to offend anybody. Hunter Biden is a scumbag. I mean that. And it's way beyond his addiction. This guy is a bad guy. And what he did using his dad's name to enrich himself. And yeah, Jared Kushner, all the rest of them. It's bad no matter who does it. But Hunter Biden's not president. There's zero evidence that Joe Biden had anything to do with Hunter's scumbagginess or committed any crimes. But, Brian, the key is Donald Trump won't let Republicans accept that. Yeah. So they're going to stay on this road, even though there's no evidence. Completely agree with you. What do you make of the fact that Comer, Jim Jordan, they won't release some of these transcripts of these star witnesses that they have? Uh, could it possibly be because it would make them look bad? And and you have some of these witnesses maybe that are saying that, listen, we don't have any direct evidence that Joe Biden committed any crimes. They won't release the hey, transcripts. Hey, 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 Brian, look, I know Jim Jordan well. We were best of friends. Uh, he comes out of that uh, um, testimony yesterday with Hunter's business partner uh, in private. Mm-hmm. If, there, if that business partner, partner had given up anything good, Jordan would have planted himself in front of those cameras, microphones. But he was walking briskly away because there was nothing there. Agree. I mean, how long is this going to last, Joe? Are are these Republicans going to continue to be talking about the Biden crime family without showing any evidence? How much longer can this last? Brian, uh, January 5th, 2025, when the Democrats take back control of the House. Mm. This this revenge tour, this two years of retribution and investigations, it's going to last till the Republicans lose control of the House. It's all they got. 
absolutely pathetic. If you're just joining us, uh, Joe Walsh, former presidential candidate, congressman, and of course, a great podcast, uh, White Flag with Joe Walsh. You know, you talked a little bit about this, too, on social media. Uh, You know, people with big platforms, people like the Joe Rogans of the world who says all the time that, uh, you know, January 6th might have been a false flag and Democrats might have orchestrated it. And I think it's extremely dangerous for the country when you have people with huge platforms like uh, like uh, Joe Rogan making statements like that. What do you make of it? Uh, Hugely dangerous, ugly, despicable. Ah, Brian, I wish this wasn't radio. I want to swear so freaking bad. (laughs) Effing despicable. What what a shameful, ugly, un-American day January 6th was. And for anybody not to acknowledge that uh, is despicable. Tucker Carlson, all of them. Joe Rogan. And by the way, I I, I, I hate to call people a coward because Rogan could probably beat me up. <laughs> but I'd, Rogan doesn't have the balls to have somebody on his show who would push back against that a January 6th false flag BS. It's really bad. Joe, but isn't that, as I like to call it, right-wing echo chamber radio and TV? How often does a guy like Sean Hannity have a Democrat? I mean, he had Gavin Newsom on and shredded him, shredded Hannity. How often does a Laura Ingram, a Tucker Carlson when he was on Fox News, Sean Hannity, Mark Levin... How often will they debate, say, a liberal or a staunch Democrat? I think there are plenty of Democrats out there that would be willing to do so, but they don't reach out to do that. And I think it it hurts both sides. Yeah, they don't, Bri. And remember, I was in the conservative talk radio world. We were we were taught and trained not to do that, Mm -hmm. to just to just preach to the choir and inflame our audience. I didn't like that. I liked having uh, Democrats on and having good conversations, mm-hmm. but they're trained to do that. Rush Limbaugh, Bry never did that. Never. Rush Limbaugh was a chicken. You're I right. Can't. He was. I know what you were going to say, and he absolutely was. You're absolutely he right. Never. And, and any time a caller called in and challenged him, Rush Rush did not. He handle it, and he'd hang up on the guy. Yeah. Tucker Carlson the same way. Back in the old days, Tucker Carlson used to have opposing viewpoints on no longer that's not where the money is and i want to ask you about that because you used to make a lot of appearances on fox news you know geraldo rivera recently leaving geraldo was pushing back on trump maybe uh a little bit too late but he was he was criticizing trump and and far-right extremists and going after sean hannity for his attacks on on undocumented immigrants in this country now he's gone jesse waters who i think is a talentless clown is now in prime time on Fox News, and their ratings have absolutely plummeted. It was always Fox News hosts that would go after CNN and MSNBC for their ratings. Well, now they're destroying Fox News with the ratings. You don't hear them uh, doing that anymore. Yeah, no, it's, uh, look, I was told very specifically, Brian, about five years ago, Mm -hmm. once I came out against Trump, your days at Fox News are over. Yeah. That's not their business model. They can't have Republicans and conservatives on who criticize Trump. They still generally do that. The individual hosts, Hannity and the rest, they don't want to go near that. Yeah. Uh, again, it's chicken. It's chicken stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I agree. I want to ask you, and maybe you'll disagree with me on this. I don't know. And maybe you'll agree. A fundamental difference between so many Republicans and so many Democrats today, Mitch McConnell last week, we all saw what happened with him. It was some sort of medical episode. You and I are not doctors, but I think we could agree it was some sort of medical episode he had. 
Democrats all over the country reaching out to McConnell. Thoughts and prayers. We hope you get better. Joe Biden picked up the phone and called Mitch McConnell. But I, I think of a guy like a Fetterman or a Feinstein and Republicans calling some, calling Fetterman a vegetable, attacking his speech impediments after having a stroke. I just think that is a fundamental difference, not with all, but with a lot of extremists on the right and the left today. People were reaching out to McConnell on the left, wishing him well. And I just don't see a lot of Republicans doing the same. I I cannot disagree with you, my friend. I can't. I agree. Um, Look, my side, my former side, couple things. Cruelty really sells. Mm -hmm. I mean, cruelty works in right wing media. The other thing is uh, the, the Republican base, Brian, has become radicalized. I mean, completely radicalized. They've given up on democracy. They want a strong man. Um, the other aspect of radical, they no longer believe in truth, but they want to destroy their political enemies, not just beat them, not just defeat them. I hear this from them. They want their political opponents destroyed. And, and, and you don't see the same thing on the left. Agree. Uh, I have to ask you about the latest information on Trump's uh, co-defendant appearing in court, apparently trying to delete video camera footage and evidence. Uh, it seems to me, Joe, that this is the nail in the coffin. And uh, this person might turn on Donald Trump as well. It wouldn't surprise me if that happened. It seems like the walls are caving in on Donald Trump. We haven't even talked about the Raffensperger uh, conversation, uh, the Georgia situation, uh, January 6th. You know, now we're learning that Donald Trump, uh, the, the, the man that was in power at the time wanting these, this camera footage and this evidence to be deleted, apparently, allegedly. What do you make of this new information and the mounting growing evidence against Donald Trump? He's, uh, you know, uh, Trump's been obstructing justice his whole life when you really think about it. Look, Brian, you said the walls are, are closing in on him. Legally, here, here's the deal. Trump's going to be indicted four times. He'll be, run, he'll be the Republican nominee next year under four indictments. I don't believe any of those trials will come to fruition before the election. Hmm. I don't. I could be wrong. Uh, but So you're going to have a four times indicted nominee. Uh, but eventually, if he loses on each and every one of these, I, odds are strong he's going to be convicted. No, no doubt. Legally, you're right. But politically, every indictment strengthens him within the Republican Party, Brian. And I worry that every indictment strengthens him even outside of his core base. I really worry about this. Let me ask you this, though, Joe, because I don't find many people out there that voted for Joe Biden in 2020 that are all of a sudden saying to themselves, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to vote for that guy, Donald Trump. I don't think Donald Trump is is getting any extra people on his side. Now, maybe I'm wrong with that, but well, I, I, let, me, let, let me explain what I mean. Then you can push back if you want. OK, I, I hear from a lot of Republicans who hate Trump and don't want to support him. I hear from a lot of independents who didn't vote for Trump in 20 and don't want to support him. And I've heard a lot over the last few months, and I'm going to hear more after this next indictment. Joe, come on. Okay, this is ridiculous. Now it's starting to look like he's being targeted. Mm -hmm. Another indictment? Come on, Joe. This is starting to look like 
the Justice Department is interfering with the election. This is too much, Joe. As weird as that may sound, Brian, I'm hearing that from people who don't even like Trump. There's, I worry about that. I disagree. I mean, I agree with you to an extent, uh, especially with the case in New York, the Stormy Daniels stuff. Uh, I, I agree. But I think, uh, again, Donald Trump did this to himself with defying a subpoena. I believe he, if he didn't defy the subpoena for, what, 16 months, then I'm not sure he would be in the situation he is in this specific case. You can't ignore January 6th. I know you're not. Uh, you can't ignore the conversation he had with Raffensperger. Uh, so I think there are certainly far more serious cases than the Bragg case in New York. I would agree with you uh, with Republicans on that. I think that was politically motivated. But I'm not sure that's the case here. With def- When you defy a subpoena as long as Donald Trump has, in my opinion, he did this to himself. Oh, I agree with every word you just said, Brian. Completely agree. Yeah. The, 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 the magic of Trump, if you want to call it magic, is he's so corrupt and so criminal. Mm-hmm. And, and his advisors, Brian, during his presidency would tell me this. Every day, as a strategy, he'd say and do horrible stuff every day yeah. so that you just became numb to it. And you couldn't pick out one thing or two things he did Mm because it's all bad. Here you're going to have a guy indicted four times. So much criminality that there are people who think, come on, Joe, they're piling on. This is ridiculous. Where's Mark Meadows, by the way? Has he been in hiding the last several months? I haven't heard from him. Where is he? Well, so, so it sure seems like he's doing what he he should be doing. I wouldn't necessarily assume that, but it sounds like maybe he's talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see how this pans out. Joe, I know you got to run. I always appreciate it when you take the time to join us. Before we let you go, tell me a little bit about your podcast, who you got on next. Uh, What do you got coming up on White Flag? Uh, You know, a couple things, Brian. You know that I'm kind of libertarian in my politics. I'm Mm going to have a conversation this week with the head of the Libertarian Party, because I don't like the way that party's going right now. I'm also going to have a conversation with Matthew Dowd, longtime Republican strategist. Mm -hmm. He and I disagree as to whether these Republican voters can be saved or reformed. White flag with Joe Walsh. Brian, you got a great radio show. Thanks, Joe. And you have a phenomenal podcast, one of the best around. Uh, I'll take you over Joe Rogan any day of the week, my friend. Uh, Joe Walsh, thanks again. Uh, Always a pleasure having you on, sir. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That's Joe Walsh. I love Joe Walsh. I always, you know, and and, uh, didn't always agree with him. Still don't always agree with him on everything, but level-headed guy. We need more people like him uh, running for office. That's that I've always felt that way about Joe Walsh. By the way, we had somebody call in who called uh, Joe Walsh a lying bastard numchuck. Is that correct? Can you give me a little information? What uh... it was our good friend JD. Oh, okay. So, so somebody calling, you know, it's just like when people call me a liar and then I say to them, okay, tell me what I've lied about. Please be specific. Uh, I don't know, but you're a liar. Yeah, yeah. This is the same person who supports Donald Trump, but he wants to call Joe Walsh the liar. You want to talk about no credibility. Go ahead. Don't be a coward. Call back and tell me what Joe Walsh has lied about, and I will give you the platform to do so. Tell me what Joe Walsh has lied about and what would uh, give you a reason to call Joe Walsh a lying bastard, but support Donald Trump. These clowns that call in here. Oh, you're a liar, Brian. Okay. What have I lied about? And then they don't know what to say. Idiots. You all are idiots. You're an idiot, JD. Yeah, yeah, Joe Walsh is the liar, but I support Donald Trump. 
You want to talk about the poster child for having zero credibility. Zero. Oh, you know what? You can call into right-wing shows and they give you a platform to lie and spew your hatred and your bigotry. But guess what? If you do that on this show, I'm going to call you out for it. We'll take a quick break. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, the number, if you want to be a part of the program, 702-221-7283. Yeah, we've got some stuff to get to here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, plenty of stuff to get to. And we're open up, opening up the phone lines again, 702-221-7283. Even if you're a right-wing buffoon, you can still call into the show. I might call you out on it. I want to tell you guys about... My favorite gaming bar in town, of course, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Great promotions, four to the Royal. You get to spin the wheel to win up to $3,000. Some of the best food in town. You go to any bar in town, sometimes the food ain't good. I'll tell you, Jackson's got the best food, great atmosphere. It's a legendary bar, great gaming. Please check them out, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Take a quick break. We'll be back with your phone calls on the other side. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust. 
trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Gwynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewer, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Gray. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. Welcome back. Pushing the limits on a Tuesday. We have uh, some very interesting guests uh, coming up here. The creator of Occupy Democrats is going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. I'm very pleased and happy and excited to announce that we are going to be broadcasting live from USA basketball practice. Some of the best NBA players, best basketball players in the world. We're going to be among royalty, and we're, they're, going to, they're letting us broadcast live out there Thursday. Friday, we are going to be broadcasting live at Sapphire. Back-to-back remotes. Very busy. And uh, next week, we also have some very interesting guests. Now, Sister Aura is going to be joining us. We're going to have some drag queens in studio, and I am looking forward to that. Yes, that's going to be next week. Working on getting um, Anthony Weiner. He's agreed to come on the show where we're trying to set a time and day uh, next week. So the Wiener himself, Anthony Wiener, are going to be joining us next week. We got some very, very, very 
special guests that are going to be joining us over the next well we always have great guests joe walsh is awesome so he just joined us we love joe walsh so if you've been paying attention and you've been following the news cycle whether you're watching fox news or newsmax or cnn whatever donald trump's in some legal trouble right But there are always going to be those Donald Trump loyalists out there. And I want to play you a clip from Carla Sands, who couldn't be a big brown noser of Donald Trump. And uh, she's about to introduce Donald Trump. And I want you to listen to the verbiage that she uses uh, when she is talking about Donald Trump. And obviously, she's a big supporter of his candidacy for uh, 2024. Have a listen to what Carla Sands says about Donald Trump if he is... Uh, the next president. Have a listen to this. Joe Biden and the Democrats have made our cities dangerous. There's crime. President Trump will be the law and order president. Wars are breaking out all over the world because America is no longer respected. Not one more penny for Ukraine. Let Europe pay for Europe's wars. Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to hear anymore. Yeah. We don't need to hear anymore of that. Um, so, Carla is saying Donald Trump is the, will be the law and order president. Meanwhile, while he's facing countless felonies and, and countless indictments, but Donald Trump is the law and order president. Listen, Carla's not alone. There's a lot of people on the far right that feel the same, that Donald Trump is the law and order guy. He's the one that doesn't break the law. When meanwhile, this guy has been the, the, the con man and, and breaking the law for decades and decades. But he's the law and order president and Joe Biden is the bad guy. It's an embarrassment. Let me be clear. Comer and the Republicans have proven absolutely nothing. Archer just testified that Joe Biden never discussed any business dealings with his son Hunter and his associates. Archer just testified under oath. It's why the Republicans don't want to release the transcripts, because if there was a smoke and gun, Trust me, Jim Jordan would be the first person to be releasing these transcripts. Why won't they why won't they release them? Because it makes the Republicans look bad. That's why. There was no bribe from Burisma to Joe or Hunter. That's also a lie. Completely unproven, completely debunked. In fact, the evidence is clear that President Biden had nothing to do with Hunter's businesses at all. I think most Americans are tired of this wild goose chase. And Representative James Comer should close this immediately. He won't even release transcripts. One of their star witnesses was a person dodging the law himself, a Chinese spy. This investigation has uncovered zero evidence connected to President Biden. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Benghazi. Do we remember Republican investigation after Republican investigation? Eight Republican-led investigations into Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. What did that uncover? Zero. Zilch. Nothing. Nothing. But yet, people out there, like James Comer, are still preaching that we have the evidence. Wait, we have the evidence. Oh, maybe we don't. I want you to listen to this pathetic performance in an interview on the Sean Hannity Show where Comer is asked a very poignant 
fair question, believe it or not, by Sean Hannity. Have a listen to this. Yes or no. Do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation? And do you believe that you will be able to prove that? Jim Comer. I sure hope so. And I, I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire. We, we just heard testimony right. today that Joe Jim Biden had lied to the American people. Yes, sir. I, I believe there's a lot of smoke. I believe there's a lot of smoke there. <laughs> I, I believe, I hope so. I hope we can prove it, but I believe there's a lot of smoke. What a buffoon. There is no smoke. There's no evidence. You have to have evidence to prove a crime was committed. There's nothing. There's no evidence that Joe Biden has committed a crime. None. Zero. Yes. Is Hunter Biden scummy? Yes. Does he have his drug issues? Does he like his drugs? Does he like his prostitutes? Yes. That doesn't have anything to do with Joe Biden. You have to have evidence that Joe Biden committed a crime. Like, for example, when we have Donald Trump on audio recordings showing classified documents and gloating about classified documents to people that have no security clearances, that's breaking the law. When you defy a subpoena for 18 months, when you have all these classified documents and boxes at Mar-a-Lago where tourists could see them and have access to them, that is breaking the law. If you think Joe Biden broke the law, then where is the evidence? The Republicans can't even find any. When does it stop? Show me the evidence. This is a joke. And you want to hear from someone that actually has credibility, who's fair on both sides. Judge Napolitano, say what you want about this guy, but he is fair. And he makes fair points on both sides, where both could be right, where maybe... Joe Biden did talk to some of Hunter Biden's associates, but it doesn't mean that Joe Biden committed a crime. But he also makes the case, where's the evidence? Have a listen to Judge Napolitano, who, by the way, I've interviewed before and I have great respect for. Have a listen to this. Why was it behind closed doors? So normally these witnesses are interviewed in advance by investigators for the House committees. The investigators are typically former FBI agents who know exactly how to interrogate witnesses. And as a result of that investigation, the committee will have an indication in advance of what the witness is going to say. This witness declined those pre-testimony investigations, so they really didn't know what he was going to say. So that's why they did it behind closed doors, so that neither side would be embarrassed by what he said. Now it turns out that both sides may suffer a little bit of embarrassment. The Republicans may have over-promised and under-delivered, and the Democrats may have said Joe Biden had absolutely nothing to do with this, whereas in reality his son was trying to create the illusion that his father father was supportive of his business venture. I wonder, like the illusion of access, I mean, is that a crime? No, no, that's not a crime. It happens all the time. Remember Billy Beer, Billy Carter's face on cans of beer while his father was the president of the United States, which certainly gave the impression the Carter family had something to do with it. And of course, there's Jared Kushner being invested well by the Saudis two months after his father-in-law left office. These things happen all the time and there's no crime involved. What the Republicans are concerned about is, did Joe Biden receive any money because of this? Or was his son just reminding everybody that his last name is Biden, yet his father 
father is time vice president of the United States. Right. And they're also looking for any evidence that links President Biden to his son's business dealings in China or elsewhere. Republicans have talked about a possible impeachment as a result of it. Have you heard any evidence of the sort? I don't know why they're talking about impeachment other than for political purposes. The president can only be impeached for a behavior undertaken while he was president. I suppose he could be impeached if there was some bribery involved in in people voting for president. But for the most part, it's got to be behavior while he was in office. This stuff, even if it happened the way the Republicans said it happened, happened more than five years ago. So he can't be impeached and he can't even be prosecuted for it. Okay, so there you go. Judge Napolitano, who I have a great uh, amount of respect for, who I believe is fair on both sides, and I believe he makes some good points there and both could be true. Is it possible that Joe Biden may have spoken to some of Hunter's business associates? It's very possible. Could it be possible that Joe Biden doesn't even remember who he spoke to yesterday? That could be possible. Doesn't mean that Joe Biden broke the law. That's what we're talking about here, and that's what Republicans are trying to prove. Joe Biden broke the law. Even if he did talk to some of Hunter Biden's business associates, doesn't mean he broke the law. Now, if you want to change the laws in this country, which, by the way, I would be more than on board with, for example, Jared Kushner taking $2 billion from the Saudis, Donald Trump's daughter in the administration making upwards of 700 millions of uh, uh, millions of million dollars when she was working under her father in the Trump administration. If you want to come up with some laws that say your family members, your children can't take advantage of who you are as a politician, then I'm all for it. But until there are laws that are put on the books that say that, I don't see anything that Joe Biden did that was against the law. Or even the Burisma stuff, I don't see anything that Hunter Biden did there that was against law. Was he taking advantage of his name, of who his father is? Absolutely. Of course he wasn't qualified for it, but that doesn't mean he broke any laws. It doesn't mean Joe Biden broke any laws. And that's the key here, and that's what we're talking about. And that's what Republicans are trying to claim with no evidence to back up the fact that the Biden is a crime family and Joe Biden broke the law. Where's the evidence? It doesn't exist. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about evidence. If there's evidence that Joe Biden broke the law, then I want him to be held to account. I haven't seen anything. Haven't seen any evidence that would prove that. Judge Napolitano is also right. It makes Democrats and Republicans look bad. But I would actually say I would take it a step further in this case. Makes Republicans look really bad because they claim they have all these star witnesses that are a joke. They won't even release the transcripts from this last witness who uh, testified. So if guys like Jim Jordan and Comer won't even release the transcripts, that leads me to believe only one thing, that there's no smoking gun, as Comer says, because if there was, they would have released those transcripts immediately, but they won't release them. Why? Because it embarrasses them. And it goes to show you that their star witnesses are not star witnesses for the Republicans because they're not proving anything. That's the key word here. Tell me what crime Joe Biden committed. And after you tell me that, show me evidence that would lead you to believe that Joe Biden committed a crime. He didn't. Listen, Joe Biden's old. I don't want him running again in 2024. I think there are more capable people out there. No, not the vice president. I am not a fan of hers either. I don't want Joe Biden to run again. But mark my words, if Joe Biden runs against Donald Trump, Joe Biden will win re-election. Like it or not, if you're a Republican, 
you shouldn't want Donald Trump running against Joe Biden because he ain't going to win. I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump will not win against Joe Biden. Could Donald Trump win against some other Democrat candidates? Maybe. Doubtful. Doubtful. What does it say about Ron DeSantis that he's losing by 20 points in Florida? Ron DeSantis is losing by 20 points right now to Donald Trump in just about every poll out there. What does that say about Ron DeSantis? What does it say about the Republican Party that a man who's probably going to be facing four indictments is the leader of your party? Oh, I know. It's just a witch hunt, Run. Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong. Cry me a river. In the indictment, there's actual, in the indictments, I should say, there is actual real evidence that Donald Trump committed multiple crimes. Show me direct evidence that Joe Biden committed one crime. One, even if he did speak to some of Hunter's business associates, doesn't mean that a crime was committed. Could he have lied? Possible. Could he have forgot? Possible. But it doesn't matter. Lying isn't a crime in this situation if he spoke to some of his son's business associates. So tell me the crime that Joe Biden committed, and then we can have that conversation. Here's what I'm going to do. If you think Joe Biden committed a crime or you think these investigations by Republicans are a farce, I'm going to open up the phone lines right now because we are going to take a break, and then I'll take your phone calls on the other side. The number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702 221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the show, 702-221-7283. Do you think the Bidens are a crime family? Where's the evidence? Tell me where you think Joe Biden may or may not have committed a crime. Or do you believe, like I believe, that these investigations into Joe Biden are a joke and that it's crumbling before our very eyes? Again, that number to call, 702-221-7283. Evidence or not, what do you think? Again, that number, 702-221-7283. 7283. This is a live radio show, so I can't go live with you on social media. You're going to have to call into the show if you want to have a live debate. Trump supporter or not, I want to hear from you. Again, that number one more time, 702-221-SAVE, 702-221-7283. We'll take your phone calls on the other side. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. 
We also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware. Go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. As I mentioned, we got a couple fun remotes this week. We're going to be broadcasting live from USA Basketball on Thursday in Vegas. Steve Kerr, the head coach, it's going to be a lot of fun. Live from Mendenhall at UNLV, that's going to be great. And then we're going to be broadcasting live at Sapphire on Friday. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have a lot of fun. So what we've been talking about is how this star witness for Republicans, this guy named Archer, uh, who it is uh, apparently behind closed doors, said that he had no knowledge of Joe Biden speaking about business with any of Hunter Biden's associates. So what do the Republicans do? They shut it down. They don't release transcripts and they have egg on their face. But yet they still preach the same nonsense that the crime family, Joe Biden committed this crime, committed that crime. Well, we hope we get him on crimes. We hope so. There's a smoking gun. Where's the smoke? Where's the gun? You have an unloaded gun. That's what you Republicans are doing right now. Where's the smoke? Where's the gun? It's a joke. Maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you agree with me. I want to hear from you. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number 702-221-7283. All opinions are welcome. Doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with you. All right, let's start off with, uh, I believe Kevin is first up on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Kevin? How are you today? Hi, Kevin. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind, my friend? 
You know, I was. Uh, I, I wish I could argue against you just for the fact that I, I love when you have these people calling in, but I can't. I have to agree with you. And I actually had an, an instance uh, just earlier this week. I had someone, bro- you know, saying how the the election was rigged. I had to ask you. You, you can't be serious. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely, it's fully rigged. There's, you know, all the millions of votes are missing. And I said, I want you to think of something. Imagine this: the Biden, the entire Biden organization would have to contact. 50 states, 50 governors, 50 secretaries of state, and convince them all, if for some reason it doesn't come in, you need to fake it for me. Right. And I'm like, if, if he does that, well, he's the most brilliant genius in a person. Yeah. But he couldn't argue against it. I don't understand the logic of how the, 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 the Trump faithful, and they are faithful. It's scary. It's a cult. Kevin, it's a cult. And when people argue with me, no, it's not a cult. Biden fans are the cults. I say, when was the last time you saw a Biden flag, malarkey flag on the back of a pickup truck? Some of these MAGA people, it's a cult. And and, and I, I got to tell you, any, when anybody says election integrity and Trump won in a landslide and the Democrats cheated, I asked them a very specific question. I say, do you remember back in 2016, months before the 2016 elections, when Trump was saying same thing, Democrats were going to rig it, Hillary was going to rig the election. And then all of a sudden something happened where Donald Trump won. Did you hear him talked about the 2016 election being rigged for the next three years? The answer is no. I mean, that, doesn't that get any to any reasonable person with an IQ of 20? Wouldn't you assume that, OK, well, it's obviously not rigged if Donald Trump wins, but if he loses, it must be rigged, which means he's full of crap. Any reasonable human being would, would go by those that logic, right? Well, wasn't there a, a podcast, I believe it was Joe D, it was his name, uh, where he was a Trump supporter and he came out and said, I can't believe it. I realize it. I was in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. And there he, were, on his podcast, talked about that. It's not just him. Uh, look at all the people that are behind bars right now and the people that were prosecuted for January 6th. A lot of them in court hearings admitted that they were a part of the cult and they regretted it. But, right. you know, there are still, there are still, listen, almost half the country might still vote for Donald Trump, which is mesmerizing to me. And there's a lot of Republicans out there that will just vote party lines. I am not a Joe Biden, uh, a big Joe Biden guy, but I can tell you I voted for Trump. Yeah, yeah, I'm not either. We probably agree on a lot, but I would vote for Joe Biden over over Donald Trump in a heartbeat. Not because I think he's perfect. I'd vote for a potato. You'd vote for who? If there was a potato running against (laughs) Trump, I'd vote for the potato. Well, I can understand why you would say that, Kevin, but let me ask you this before I let you go. Sure. Who are some of the candidates Absolutely. out there, Republican or Democrat, that you say to yourself, boy, I really like him or her, and I could see myself voting for them? Like, who would that be for you? You know, I I was a big Pete Buttigieg fan. Hmm. I felt that he was young, progressive, he knew, and I think since he's been kind of in the system, so to speak, yeah, he's really kind of put set himself out as a statesman. He's been able to go on programs. He's one you just don't try and take down because he's way too intelligent for it. Do I think he could do it? I don't know. But as I, as I look at Democrats, I can't think of one across the board. Gavin Newsom, I don't think he would do it. I think he had, we would have an opportunity. Um, but I, I've, I've had this conversation. I tried to figure out, and in the hardest of times, uh, to, to figure and pick a, a legitimate Democrat that I go, yeah, that's my horse. I can get behind that guy. I, I think Pete, I think Pete Buttigieg is a decent man. 
I can tell you right now, and I hate to say this because I don't, I'm not the one who would vote this way, but unfortunately there are a lot of people in this country or a portion of people in this country that wouldn't vote for Pete Buttigieg because he is a homosexual. There are people, whether it be their religious beliefs. Now, I don't agree with that. I think it's, I think it's bigotry. But unfortunately, there's Absolutely. a lot of people out there that that would or wouldn't vote that way. Listen, there's still a lot of people out there that wouldn't vote for someone because of their gender, maybe because of the color of their yeah. skin. I don't like those kinds of people. I don't associate myself with those kinds of people. But, you know, you remember when Barack Obama won the presidency or even when he was running and Donald Trump for years uh, with the birther issue, which was racist uh, and proven to be false. You never got an apology from those people, the, the you know, the, the people out there that were saying Barack Obama wasn't born here. You can right. I, I don't know. I don't we're lost in this country. It's like you can disagree with someone on policy, but the the earth is not flat, right? Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. He's facing a ton of legal troubles. Unless I see direct evidence that Joe Biden broke the law, I'm tired of hearing uh, far righties out there calling them the Biden crime family. I mean, they're delusional. Well, I do hope that you do get a caller uh, of intelligence that can... Uh, give you an argument against, because I think when you have an intelligent conversation with someone you're opposite with, that's yeah. what I think. I always enjoy it. So I, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, a, Kevin. Appreciate uh, it. Upcoming call, sir. Thank you, Kevin. I, I appreciate right. that. Number to call, by the way, if you want to be a part of the conversation is 702-221-7283. But let me be very clear on this. There are conservative radio stations across the country. As far as political talk goes, how many people are in the middle? How many people lean to the left or are in the middle that do radio shows? Like none. It's all right-wing echo chamber radio. You know, we had a guy who called into the show who's a coward. His name is JD. He's a coward. We just had Joe Walsh on the show, former presidential candidate, pretty smart guy. He calls in the show and he wanted to go on and call Joe Walsh a, quote, lying bastard. Now, I'm not going to let somebody do that unless they actually have actual real evidence that somebody lied. I get that with people all the time. People say on social media that I'm a liar, that I'm a libtard, that you lied. And I and I say to them, okay, no problem. I don't mind being called a name. That's totally okay. What I mind is people misquoting me or claiming that I lied about something when they don't have anything to prove it. Those are the type of people that I have a problem with. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number 702-221-SAVE is the number. Let's go to Edward. Edward is next. Hi, Edward. Hey, Brian. What's going on, man? What's going on, my man? What's on your mind? Nothing much. Nothing much, man. Not, nothing, no hot topics. Nothing to get crazy about today. Just another beautiful Tuesday. You know what I mean? Another beautiful Tuesday where Republicans are trying to investigate Joe Biden for doing nothing wrong. <laughs> you know that's like saying that's like saying the grass is green and the sky is blue. It's just another day. You that's know what true. I mean? Like that's true. You know, left versus right, right versus left, up versus down, down versus up. I yep. mean, it's a never-ending saga. It is, and you I know? gotta I gotta be honest with you. I was talking to a friend of mine about this last night before I went to bed, and yeah. and and we were having a great conversation. And she was like, "Don't you get tired of this?" And I said, "Yeah, I really get tired of the same nonsense. It's like we have real problems in this country. Yes, border security yeah. is an issue." Gun violence yes. is an issue. Mental health. Yes, mental health is an issue. Health care. These are real issues facing Americans, and yet the Republicans want to continue to investigate Joe Biden for nothing. And Donald Trump mm -hmm. is facing serious crimes. I read the indictment. Well, let me, serious. Well, let me ask you, when Trump wins as president, 
what are you going to do with your show? Are you going to move to Canada or go to Mexico? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those people like Cher that says if Donald Trump wins, I'm going to move to another country. I would. I, I love. I, I love. I love the United States of America. I ain't going anywhere. I love Las Vegas. I ain't going anywhere. Uh, if Donald Trump wins, I'm not going to be depressed for the rest of my life. Uh, I would be very, okay. very. Dis- I would be very disappointed. Uh, but I'm, I'm not one of those people that's going to go like some of these celebrities, liberal celebrities that say, I'm going to move to the moon. I mean, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like, I like what you said the other day. You said the show, you were talking about stuff. And, you know, it, it's funny. We, we still do electoral votes instead of the popular vote. Yeah, that's a joke, too. The Electoral College is an absolute joke. Uh, six, yeah. uh, Donald Trump lost the uh, popular vote to Hillary Clinton. He got destroyed by Joe mm-hmm. Biden. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why Republicans... It was your video. You made a video about that. I did. There's you made a, a video thing. I did, yeah. There's a reason why... There's a That's okay. There's a reason why Republicans lose the popular vote almost every time. Because, In the last 20 years. Yes, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Because the overwhelming majority the of the country yeah. do not believe in what Republicans stand for. They don't want to give a woman the right to choose. They don't want... They don't believe in government help for the poor. Uh, they believe in tax breaks and loopholes for the rich. The overwhelming majority of Americans do not agree with Republican values. That's just... That's that's why they lose the popular vote. It's not because of election integrity. It's it's got nothing to do with that. I mean, I mean, a lot of these far right Republicans still want to take a woman's right to choose away. Six out of ten Americans, Republican and Democrat, disagree with that, and then they wonder why they lose all these elections. That's why. So you're saying if Trump wins, you're not going to be playing hockey in Canada, and you're not going to go down to Mexico wearing <laughs> no, a sombrero, right? No, I can't play the hockey. At the, I can't play hockey at the age of forty-three. I, I, I'm not going to say I have a Donald Trump physique, but it ain't pretty these days. So you know, I'm a. Well, let me. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Let me ask, let me ask then, since you know, uh, I saw the William Hurd video. Oh, that was where he was talking. Yeah. Ooh, that was rough. Yeah, and I saw that one, and then. I was going to ask you, who would you, you know, like hypothetically, hypothetically, I'm going to ask everyone in the chat as well, everyone listening, who would you pick as your Democratic uh, nominee versus your Republican if it came heads up? That is a really, you you know, nobody's even asked me that question. Uh, Thank you for the call, Edward. I'm going to answer it right now, and I got to get to some other calls, but thank you, Edward. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. I'd love to hear it. Thank you, Edward. By the way, the number to call, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 702-221-7283. Edward just asked a really good question. Who would be my picks? Okay, on the left, I would go with Michelle Obama. Let me be very clear on this. Nobody's going to beat Michelle Obama. Here's why I pick her. And by the way, there's a lot of Republicans I talk to that like her. First of all, extremely educated, extremely intelligent, extremely well-spoken. She was also not one of those first ladies that did nothing. She did a lot for children, nutrition, uh, a lot of stuff that she did when she was first lady and she was a champion of. She is a woman of class. And I do believe she cares about the American people. She's not a racist, like some people on the far right will make her out to be. And I would go with Michelle Obama, and that would be my number one pick on the left. On the right, there's going to be a lot of people that would disagree with me on this. But if I had to pick some Republicans that I respect, if John McCain was still around, I wish he was, I would go with John McCain. I would go with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney would, I don't agree with Mitt Romney on a lot of different issues. But I believe Mitt Romney is a decent human being. Why is he being ostracized on the right? Because he voted to impeach Donald Trump. But I think Mitt Romney's a decent person. And it's why during when he ran against Barack Obama, I didn't vote for either because I liked both of them. And I thought both of them would be a decent president. I still think Mitt Romney would be a decent president. Now, Mitt Romney would never 
run again, he would have no chance because of all the Repu- the MAGA Republicans out there that uh, have trashed him. But Mitt Romney would probably be a guy on my right. If John McCain was still here, I would support John McCain. And there are some other Republicans out there that I could certainly get on board with. There's not many, but there are some. Adam Kinzinger is another one that I could probably support. And I'm going to be honest with you. If Chris Christie was the nominee, which he won't be, it's going to be Donald Trump, but at least Chris Christie is speaking out on the lies and he's on the right side of history. Now, Chris Christie, it's not somebody that I would be completely opposed to voting for. So I just named you several Republicans. There's one Democrat that I would, I would uh, support hundred percent. And that would be Michelle Obama. There are other Democrats out there that I would support, but, but if you're asking me for my number one, it would definitely be Michelle Obama. And it's interesting because these people want to use the term rhino. And they only associate the term rhino with somebody that calls out Donald Trump. If you kiss Donald Trump's feet and you're one of those people where he says, if I shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, you would still support me. Uh, If you're one of those people, I guess you're not a rhino. You're just a really patriotic, staunch Republican. It's a joke. But all of a sudden, some of these far right MAGAs out there want to label people as rhinos because they call out truth. They call out Donald Trump for who he is, the snake oil salesman that he is, the criminal that he is. But if you call out Donald Trump and you show a little bit of empathy and honesty, all of a sudden you're a rhino. I talked about this a little bit the other day, and I'm going to bring this up again. It is the fine line between Democrats and Republicans today. What is it? I'm going to tell you. You know, Mitch McConnell had some sort of medical episode the other day. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be a doctor, but I think we all could agree. I don't know what that was. Was it a mini stroke? It was something medical going on in his brain where he just froze, right? I don't know exactly what it was, but he just froze. So what did Democrats do? Did they mock him? No. Democrats across the country that are in office. I'm not talking about a couple clowns on social media. I'm talking about those that are prominent like the president of the United States, the top Democrat, Joe Biden, he picked up the phone and he called Mitch McConnell. Not to talk about policy or to argue, just to see how he was doing health-wise, to wish him well and to check up on him. Democrats across the country that disagree with basically everything that Mitch McConnell stands for. And by the way, there's a lot of Republicans that are not too happy with Mitch McConnell either. What did these Democrats do? They wished him well. They weren't making fun of him. They weren't mocking him. They were showing something called empathy. Did Donald Trump pick up the phone and see how Mitch McConnell was doing? Of course not. Because Donald Trump is a bad guy with no empathy. And I, and I try to compare this to the whole Fetterman situation. Say what you want about Fetterman. The man had a stroke. He's a good husband, a good father. From what I can tell, hasn't had any crazy scandals. The man had a, a stroke. So what happened in the days, the weeks and the months after that, when he was running against Dr. Oz, who lost? You had prominent Republicans, some like the Charlie Kirks of the world, that were calling Fetterman a vegetable, making fun of his speech impediments. People like Ted Cruz going on social media, making fun of Fetterman and his speech impediments. And that is, to me, the big difference between the alt-right 
and the alt-left, the far right and the far left. Listen, I know not every Republican was doing that, and I know not every Democrat was doing that. But for the most part, people that are in power, the Democrats are showing empathy for a guy like Mitch McConnell, even though they might disagree with him. I didn't see any prominent Democrats that were making fun of him or that were calling him a vegetable or, or, or that were saying, oh, he's unfit for office. I didn't see any Democrats doing that. But when it came to Fetterman, I could name you dozens and dozens of prominent Republicans that were calling him a vegetable and making jokes at his expense when this was a guy who just had a stroke. He's got a family. It is the fundamental difference between Republicans and Democrats today, the alt-right and the alt-left. I don't agree with either extremes, right? I never have. I don't agree with extremes on either side. You know, Mitch McConnell's 81 years old. Joe Biden is 80 years old. Nancy Pelosi is 83. Maxine Waters is 84. Feinstein, 90 years old. Schwab is 85. Chuck Grassley is 89. You have to be 35 years old or older, I believe, to be the president of the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Shouldn't there be an age limit? Are you okay with people 80 years old or even older running for office or representing you? I understand it's a case-by-case basis. I get that. I understand some people at some age are better than others at at other ages. I, I, I also understand that. We have to have age limits. We don't just need term limits. We need age limits. I don't, I believe, I mean, listen, if I had my way, I'd go 35 to 70, but I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with that. So let's go 80. If you're 80 years old, you should not be allowed to be a, a town council member, an assemblyman, a mayor, a governor a senator, a congressman, a congresswoman, or a president. 80 years old is too old. I don't care how sharp your mind is working. You could be Don Rickles at 80. I don't want you at that age representing me. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Donald Trump and Joe Biden are too old to be running. That is my personal opinion. And by the way, I don't think the age should be 35. I think it should be 30. There are plenty of people in their early 30s that I think are more than capable of running for office, running for the presidency. So I think the age should be 30 to 70. That's just my personal opinion. Let's bring it back five years. 30 to 70. Let's give you that 40-year window. And again, I know there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with me because there's a lot of probably politicians out there in their 70s that you may like. We need that. We absolutely need that. And this would end the idea of, ah, too old, Joe's too old, in the bunker, Donald Trump's not mentally fit. I would say they're both at an age where they probably shouldn't be the president of the United States. And that opinion has nothing to do with their policies or whether they're a Republican or a Democrat. 80 years old is too old to be running the country, period. I would also say, and I'm not discriminating against the elderly. I'm just saying as an 80 year old, there are a lot of jobs that you probably shouldn't be doing, right? I wouldn't want an 80 year old to be a construction worker. I wouldn't want an 80 year old to be doing any, uh, any type of physical job because it wouldn't be healthy for them. I wouldn't want an 80-year-old to be working a job where they're working around the clock or 12 hours a day. You wouldn't want an 80-year-old to be like a waiter or a cook. I would even go along as to say, I probably wouldn't want an 80-year-old to be my professor in college. I wouldn't want an 80-year-old teacher teaching my kids in high school or elementary school. 
Um, I probably wouldn't want an 80-year-old to be a bus driver or an Uber driver. And I, again, I'm not discriminating. I'm just saying for safety purposes and, and, and logic, I'm not comfortable with someone 80 years old doing a lot of jobs in this country. I want them to enjoy their golden age. I want them to enjoy their latter years in life. Make sure you're on that social security that some Republicans, by the way, want to take away from you. Enjoy the latter years of your life. I don't want you as a politician. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care. Why are we not talking about this more? Republicans will talk about how Joe Biden's too old. He's in the bunker. He's too old. Donald Trump's 78 years old. Take a look at Joe Biden if you had to with his shirt off on the beach and then take a look at Donald Trump with his shirt off. Who looks better? I think we know the answer to that one. Now, this isn't a modeling contest, but you get my point. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Joe Biden's too old. I don't want Joe Biden running again. I've been very consistent on that opinion. I don't like our vice president. I don't want her running for president. I made a mistake. I made a mistake in 2016. I'll be the, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I do it every day. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. And Chris Wynn reminds me of that every day. I did not vote in 2016. And the reason why I didn't vote in 2016 is because I didn't like either candidate. I certainly wasn't a Donald Trump supporter, although I didn't think he'd be as bad as he has and as crazy as he is. But uh, Hillary Clinton did not resonate with me, and she didn't resonate with a lot of people in this country. And that's why she lost, even though she won the popular vote. But I made a mistake. Because I didn't think Donald Trump would divide this country as much as he has. We are more divided now politically and racially than I think that we've ever been since I've been alive. I'm 43 years old. And yes, I do put a lot of that on Donald Trump. The attacks, personal attacks on anybody and everyone that disagrees with him. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the divisiveness in this country. I want people to held, held to account if they broke the law. Like I've said, if Joe Biden broke the law, Hold them to account. Haven't seen any evidence of it. It's a sham. And I think as we move forward in this country, yes, I do think we have to listen to one another, but it's hard to have a conversation with anybody that says Donald Trump won the 2020 election. You can't have a conversation with the Kerry Lakes. You can't have a conversation with QAnoners. I couldn't have a conversation with Kyrie Irving about the earth being flat, right? Same as I couldn't have a conversation with a MAGA who claims that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Okay. The sky is not green. Disagreeing on issues like health care, gun control, abortion. Obviously, these are discussions that need to be had, whether you agree or disagree. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't have debates with people that are just so complicit and so out there and lost. I can tell you during COVID, a lot of people became lost. I worked with people that were radicalized. Something about COVID where people were politically radicalized. Normal people, some people that actually had a brain, and they were radicalized. They were radicalized by the alt-right. And if you watch Newsmax every day, it's all hate speech and attacking one side of the aisle. It's a joke of a network. It's not news. It's right-wing propaganda. And I know there are liberals and lefties on CNN that are probably not capable of going after Democrats as well. And I don't support that either. We need more middle-grounded people, level-headed, 
middle-grounded people don't care whether they have an R or a D next to their name. We need more people like that in this country that running for office. I've had Republicans in studio, people that I disagree with on policy, but are decent people that I would vote for, people that I have vote for. Same thing on the left. We need less Ilhan Omars and less Marjorie Taylor Greens. We need more people center. Doesn't mean you, you can't lean to the left on issues or lean to the right on issues. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We need less people that are unqualified for the job and the hate speech and the bigotry needs to stop. Ilharn Omar is a moron. She should not be a congresswoman, just like Marjorie Taylor Greene should not be a congresswoman. Now, I would say if I had to choose the lesser of two evils, I'd probably vote for Ilhan Omar because at least when she says something stupid, she apologizes for it. She knows when she said something dumb. I don't know what's in her heart. Could she be anti-Semitic? Quite possible. I don't know what's in her heart. But when Marjorie Taylor Greene compares Nazi Germany when 7 million Jews died and murdered in the Holocaust to telling your child to put on a mask, that is absurd. And now she wants Joe Biden impeached. For what? What did Joe Biden do as president where you think he deserves to be impeached? The infrastructure bill? Putting gun control on the books? Helping our brave men and women in uniform with their health care? Inflation continuing to, to drop at, at the best on the planet right now as far as inflation rates? The lowest unemployment rate in 50 years? Joe Biden is not perfect, but he certainly has a list of accomplishments that many Republicans are either unaware of or not willing to admit. It's either one or the other. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you know, I haven't talked a lot about the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm about to do so when we come back because I have some strong opinions about the Raiders. The season is right around the corner. And uh, there's one thing I've learned about Las Vegas in 20 years and living here. They don't like losers. There are exceptions because there were a few thousand people that showed up at the Donald Trump uh, rally. So there are some exceptions. There are some people that like losers in Las Vegas, but not many. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to give you my predictions on the Raiders and what I think about Josh McDaniels and Garoppolo and and, uh, what's going to happen with the Raiders. All right, we'll take a quick break. Before we do so, I want to tell you guys about uh, my good friends. It's a Harrow West Urchin in primary care. Located right down the street, Sahara and Jones, uh, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed. They take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, 95 bucks. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes, man. It's awesome. Uh, Jessica and Andrew will take care of you. They're great. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You can also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. Talk some Raiders football. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. 
Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to tell you about my good friend, Blake Gwynn. Great guy. We became friends not that long ago, actually. And um, Blake's been listening to my radio show for years, and I never even met him before. His grandfather is the uh, late, great governor of the state of Nevada, Kenny Gwynn. Blake is born and raised here in Las Vegas. And I'm telling you about my friend, Blake, because he helped my family find a home here gave them great advice he's just so awesome and uh he works for keller williams and you know if you're if you're thinking of buying or selling your home don't you want to talk to somebody that was born and raised in this town doesn't that make sense certainly makes sense to me and blake took care of my family and i promise you he'll take care of you can you please give him a call tell him i sent you and you mention the name of this show and you'll get a discount 702-540-3311 
Again, call Blake Wynn with Keller Williams if you're thinking of buying or selling a home. Here's the number one more time. 702-540-3311. I haven't talked a lot of Raiders football recently. Uh, well, it's been the offseason. That's why. But a lot of things have happened over the course of the last several months uh, if you're in the Raider Nation family. And I have some strong opinions on the Raiders organization. Let me start off by saying this. Mark Davis is a good dude. I really like Mark Davis as a human being. I think he's a really good guy. He's done a lot for Las Vegas. He does a lot of charity work. Done a great job with the Las Vegas Aces. I like Mark Davis. And I wouldn't say that about a lot of owners of professional teams. Mark Davis is a good dude. I wouldn't say anything to the contrary. I'm not sure he's a great owner of an NFL football team. And I say this for a a number of different reasons. I think the Josh McDaniels hire was a disaster. And I said this from day one and everyone said, oh, let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him some time. Let's give him some time. Let me tell you something. If they only win six or seven games this year, he needs to be gone. Last year was a disgrace. And I bet you Derek Carr is going to have a good year playing on another team. Keep in mind that Garoppolo, while he's had some good years in the NFL, he's also had the best defense in the NFL. That means something. Have you heard of field position? I'm not saying Garoppolo is not a capable quarterback, but I think some people could make the argument that Derek Carr is at that level, maybe better. So what's my biggest concern? Coaching. It's not player personnel. It's coaching. Josh McDaniels failed in Denver. He's certainly failed here so far, and I know he's only had a year. I get it. I have said since day one, after they got rid of Asachia and uh, Oli, who I still talk to from time to time, the former Raiders offense coordinator, they should have kept them another year. Derek Carr had a successful season, even after Gruden was fired in that whole mess. Derek Carr had a good year. They were able to get into the playoffs, which I thought was a phenomenal accomplishment considering everything they had gone through throughout the year. They were winning a lot of football games. Oh, here's something. They got better from start to end of the year. They got better. That's coaching. Convince me that that's not coaching. Even after Gruden was fired, the Raiders organization, the team got better. And they would have gone through a brick wall for that guy and that coaching staff. So what does Mark Davis decide to do? He hires a guy by the name of Josh McDaniels who is the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Oh, I get it. He won Super Bowls. I get that. Does it help that he arguably had the best, definitely, in my opinion, the best quarterback of all time, maybe the best football player of all time in Tom Brady in his prime and arguably the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick? So I don't want to hear this stuff about how, oh, look at all, look at what he did in New England. He had arguably the best coach of all time and the best quarter, certainly the best quarterback of all time in his prime in Tom Brady. Then Josh gets his first gig, head coach in Denver, fails miserably. Last year was embarrassing. I remember I went to the New Orleans game where I think they lost, they got blanked. I don't know if it was like 31 to nothing or something. I was something like that. That can't happen. You're already in an extremely competitive and difficult division. I don't think that the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. So, yes, I do believe Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat. I do believe that Josh McDaniels has to, you have to have a winning season, at least 500, win more games. That's very difficult to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but Josh McDaniels is getting paid a lot of money. 
There's a lot of things from a coaching standpoint that I didn't like in year one, uh, year one of Josh McDaniels' tenure. There were games where I felt like the team was completely unprepared. I mentioned the, the, the Saints game. I can mention you more, but that's just one of many. There are players that are not happy. You know Josh Jacobs is not happy. You know Devontae Adams is not happy. Your star players are not happy. That's a problem. And even though many of them don't speak out of publicly, you can see it. You can't lose the locker room. And what happens if this team starts off the year 1-4, 1-5, 0-4, which, by the way, could happen. Their first eight games, they are underdogs. I can't believe it, but even when the Pittsburgh Steelers come in here, they're an underdog. That is really bad because the Pittsburgh Steelers are not very good. But there's a reason why bookmakers are, 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 are doing that because they don't see this team having a very good year. Again, I've talked about Garoppolo a lot. Derek Carr is a capable quarterback. He's not a top five quarterback, but he's capable. I just don't think this is going to work out with Garoppolo. And, and let me be clear on this. I hope I'm wrong. When I go on the air and I talk about UNLV basketball or I've criticized UNLV basketball over the years, or UNLV football, people think I'm a hater for doing so. No, I'm not. I'm just honest. It's a lot more fun covering a local team when they're winning. I remember when I covered UNLV basketball when they made it to the Sweet 16, when Kevin Kruger was our point guard and Lon Kruger was coaching that team. That was a fun team, man. That was a great year. It was a fun year. Good kids, good players. That was fun. And and I was able to, to cover the Sweet 16 game. I'll never forget that. That was a great year, but somehow people don't like me because I'm honest. UNLV Athletic Department has made a lot of bad decisions. Tina Kunzer-Murphy was a terrible athletic director. I believe they have a good athletic director now. I, I, I praise the hire of Odom, and I'm looking forward to the UNLV football season. Kevin Kruger has done a good job recruiting. Now's the year where you have to win. I'm not saying you have to win the Mountain West, but it'd be nice if you could be one of the top two or three teams in the league, and I think this is the year where he has to get it done. Or some questions have to be answered. I like Kevin Kruger personally. He's a good dude. Got to get it done this year. But people conflate that with criticism with hate. And you're wrong. I root for the Vegas Golden Knights to win. I root for the Aces to win. I, I root for. I certainly root for the Raiders to win. UNLV football, basketball. I want our local teams to succeed. I want them to do well. It's fun to cover. You know how much fun it was to cover the Vegas Golden Knights this year? I mean, I mean, really every year. Year one was great too, but, but every year they're a playoff contender, uh, for the, for the Stanley Cup. It's so much fun. This year was unbelievable. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. Right? I want the Raiders to succeed. I want the Raiders to not only be a playoff team, but to be talked about maybe getting into a Super Bowl. I don't, I don't just want the Super Bowl to be in Las Vegas. I want the Raiders to be in that game. I just don't think the Raiders are good enough to be in the playoffs. I just don't think uh, the coaching staff, that's my number one concern. My number one concern with the Raiders is uh, I'm just not a Josh McDaniels guy. It's not personal. I don't think he's this horrible guy, right? If I felt that way, I would tell you. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a horrible person. I just don't think he's a very good head coach. Maybe he's a good offensive coordinator. I don't like the, the play calling. Derek Carr had a worst year of his career. Is that all on Josh McDaniels and the play calling? No, but I think a good portion of it is. I don't know. Justin, I'll get you in here in this conversation because uh, 
Maybe you disagree with me. I don't know. But I, I, I just don't think the Raiders are a very good team right now as it stands on paper. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. I, don't, I think this is a team that's going to struggle mightily all year. I feel like if Josh doesn't do anything, he's gone. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm well, they got to pay agree him. With you. Yeah, they got to pay him. Um, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs. I'm talking about now, but uh, you're talking about Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, you got to pay Josh Jacobs. Um, listen, I am concerned about their defense too. I love Max Crosby. Defense was soft. There were some offenses that were just going through the Raiders like they were butter, a hot knife through butter. You know, it was just <sighs> field position is a big part of football. Look at Garoppolo. Look at the career he's had. Look at look at the years he's had in San Francisco. Listen, Garoppolo could still play, but the issue with Garoppolo is, is he going to remain healthy? That's another problem. Maybe I'm wrong. When I look at Josh McDaniels, I don't say to myself, here's a guy that's going to get us to the promised land. Here's a guy that's going to get us to the Super Bowl. The big mistake was getting rid of that coaching staff after Gruden was fired. That To me, that was the, the, the biggest mistake that Mark Davis made. It's going to be an interesting year. I don't know what's going in Mark Davis's head, but I, I don't know. Am I wrong in saying that if Josh McDaniels only wins six or seven games this year, that maybe they should let him go? No, is that ridiculous? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's the threshold here? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I just don't think Mark Davis would pull the trigger after year two. I really don't. Do you want to go game by game and see who wins? In your, in your we eyes, we could, we could. Uh, yeah, if you'd like. Denver, I, week one. Oh, they're not winning that game. Is that, is that, uh, is that, uh, it's on the road, right? It's, uh, yeah, at yeah, Denver. No, they're not winning at that Buffalo. Game. Absolutely not. No chance. Here versus the Steelers. I think that's a game they win. Uh, I know that the Steelers are favored by a couple points. Uh, the Steelers are really bad. I could absolutely see Garoppolo in his first regular season home game having a really good game. I, I actually think the Raiders win that game. So I'm going to say they start off one and two. So that you, yeah. Uh, at the Chargers. No. One here, and three. One here and three. versus Green Bay. Uh, winnable game. Winnable game. I think it's a winnable game. I think that's a more difficult game than when they're playing the Steelers. Yeah. But, uh, you go into that game one and three. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that game's kind of a toss up. I, 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 uh, boy, that's really tough. Let's assume that they beat Green Bay here at home. And by the way, that's a big assumption. But even if they beat Green Bay, I'm saying they start the season off at best two and three. At best. At New England or here uh, against New England. Uh, that, that, that's a game they can win. I think that's winnable. I think a lot of people would probably disagree with me on that, but I can see them winning that game at best, maybe three and three. In Chicago. Uh, ooh, that's tough. Yeah. I'm going to say no on that one, even though the Bears, uh, that's a tough game, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they don't beat the Bears. In Detroit. No. I don't think they're winning. I, th- I think they're three and five at that point. Giants come here. Again, a difficult game. Giants had a pretty darn good year last year by their standards. I think they have a very good head coach. Uh, and I think the Giants um, surprised a lot of people last year. I think they're only going to be better. So I'm going to say they lose that game. I'm going to say they're three and six at that point. Mr. Rogers neighborhood comes to town. No, they're not winning that game. I think Rogers comes in here and he just, he just destroys the Raiders. I mean, right now I'm giving them a green Bay win, yeah. which some people wouldn't, right? I'm giving them a Pittsburgh win. And even with those, they're three and seven. Uh, let's see here at Miami. Better coach. Yeah. Better coach. They're a well-coached team. 
with a good quarterback. No, I, I don't think they go into Miami. I have you haven't given me one road game yet where I say, oh yeah, I think the Raiders win that game. Not one. Case, I can't. Kansas City comes to town. <laughs> Absolutely not. They're not beating the Chiefs. No way. The Vikings come to town. I would say seventy-five percent no. I give the Raiders a twenty-five. What are we talking? Three and nine right now, and I'm 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 being liberal with this too. Uh, this is a the, bad, tough schedule. The Chargers come to town. Uh, you know, possible. Po- and yeah. The only reason why I say that is because while the Chargers are really good at home and they're a good team, I liked what the Raiders did against the Chargers when they came into town uh, last year. That was a really good game. I think they could actually beat the Chargers here at home. I think they can. So I'm giving them four wins now at Arrowhead. Probably not. Probably not. Indy. In Indy. Oh, man. I mean, Indianapolis is a better team, but, uh, well, I don't know. That, that's a tough. Wow. All right. That's, uh, I think that might be their fourth. That might be, th- no, that might that, be their th- fifth. That might be their first road win. That might be their first road it, win. And it's their last road game of the yeah, year. Yeah. And think, then the last game is Denver. Yeah. In, in here. I don't think, uh, Denver did not play very well when they came into town last year. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but going through that schedule, which I, it's been a little while since I went through it. I went through the schedule when it first came out. I don't think they win more than six games. I really don't. I mean, am I wrong in, in saying that? I really, I really don't think, um, no, I, I don't No, six not games. at all. Okay. So let me ask you this then. If they win six games, and by the way, they might not even win six. If they win six games, what do you do if you're Mark Davis? Do you fire Josh McDaniels and get somebody else? Forget about what you think he might do. Depending on how every game goes, Josh is gone. If if every one of these games is close, 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 close. How many games do you think Josh McDaniels needs to win in order to secure his job to come back for a third year? Eight. 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 Hmm. Seven, eight, right, right around there. Well, it's a difference between what we think Mark Davis should do and what he will do. I can tell you right now, I agree with you. If you if he wins under eight games, six or seven, he should be gone. I don't think Mark Davis is going to do that. I think he's going to give him at least three years. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. Here's the problem with Mark Davis. Again, I like him personally, but he's like a mini Jerry Jones where he thinks he's a football guy. He's not. But he conducts himself like he's this this football guy. I don't think he's a football guy that should be making football decisions, just like I've always felt that way about Jerry Jones. doesn't mean I don't like Mark Davis. Personally, I think Mark Davis is a good guy. I've said that how many times now? But I'm just not confident when you have Josh McDaniels on the sidelines. I'm just not. Now, I understand. My understanding is that when Garoppolo was in New England, him and McDaniels have a good relationship. I'm happy to hear that. I like Devontae Adams. The guy's the ultimate competitor, and all he cares about is winning. He will never say this publicly, but I do not believe that Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels have a very good relationship. I just don't. And by the way, what they did with Derek Carr, his former teammate, didn't make things any better. Josh Jacobs is, in the prime of his career, one of the top five running backs in the NFL. You have to re-sign him. You have to. That is a must for this team. Because when Garoppolo is struggling throwing the ball, you have to rely on a guy like Josh Jacobs to get your first downs and move the chains. You have to have, jo- you have to have Josh Jacobs. That's a must. That has to be your top priority. Can you afford him? You're going to have to pay him. He deserves it. He's a top five running back in the league. 
Without Josh Jacobs, uh, not sure where they get their run game from. He is your heart and soul of your run game, and you have to find a, a way to, to re-sign him. You have to. So again, going through that schedule, I, I, I'm being liberal when I say, boy, I don't th- I'm not sure they win more than six games. Denver couldn't have much of a worse season than they had. They're going to be an improved team. Uh, I would think Indianapolis is going to be improved. They were not very good last year. I would think Chiefs are going to be just as good as they were last year. They haven't lost a step. We know how good they are. They're another contender for, to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Green Bay? Eh, eh. I think they'll be competitive. This is a really difficult division. It's a really tough d- division, and it's not not a good time if you don't have everything set in place with your team. It's hard to win in the NFL. But I just look at some games last year that were just embarrassing performances. And I say to myself, where's the responsibility? Who do you put it on? So we'll see. Let me be very clear. I would love to be the first person to admit that I was wrong about Josh McDaniels. I would love to be able to go on the air. It's not an ego thing for me, just an opinion. I would love to be able to go on the air in four months from now or five months from now and say to myself, boy, was I wrong about Josh McDaniels? What a great job he's done. I would love to be in a position to say, wow, the Raiders are in the playoffs and I was so wrong about Josh McDaniels. Trust me, I will be the first person to admit I was wrong and, and I will let Numchuck throw egg on my face. Okay. I will let him do it yes, live, live on the radio. I'll let him do it. I just don't think that's going to happen. How many years do you give a coach in the NFL? This isn't college football, right? College football here, three to five years, right? You got to give a coach at least three to five years in the NFL. Not necessarily. Coaches get fired after two years. I'm not saying Mark Davis would do that. I'm just saying it does happen in the NFL far more regularly than it would happen, say in division one college football. So if you guys think I'm being negative, I'm sorry. I'm being honest. I want the Raiders to win. I want Josh McDaniels to succeed. I want the Raiders to be a winning franchise in Vegas. I want them to make it to a Super Bowl. I want them to get to the playoffs and be a playoff team. I don't think that's the case right now. And there are a lot of people out there in Raider Nation that are drinking the Kool-Aid that don't see what is going on before your very eyes. The defense is not improved, in my personal opinion. You have to re-sign Josh uh, Jacobs. That is a must. I don't think Josh McDaniels is the right guy for this job. I don't think he's a proven head coach at all. So, I don't know. We do have some breaking news before we go, by the way. Donald Trump says he expects to be indicted by 5 p.m. Eastern time, which means within 10 minutes. So uh, we're on the Donald Trump indictment watch for today. Donald Trump says he, uh, he this is this is what he said. Uh, read his uh, truth social or truth liar. Donald Trump just put this out moments ago, uh, literally a few minutes ago. He said, quote, I hear that deranged Jack Smith in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president, me at 5 p.m. Why didn't they do this two and a half years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct. Well, that's because two and a half years ago, you weren't defying a subpoena. And two and a half years ago, uh, they didn't have all the evidence against you that you stole classified documents. That's why, Mr. Former President. Holy smokes. Well, listen, we're going to keep an eye on this. We're going to keep an eye on the uh, indictment gate. 
<laughs> Another indictment coming down for Donald Trump. Tomorrow on the show, by the way, liberal talk show host Doug Basham will be joining us. His announcement that his show starts on Monday. So I'm happy for Doug. So I'm going to have him come in hour number one. Then in hour number two, the creator of Occupy Democrats will be joining us. Uh, so we're going to have a fun-packed, full show for you slated for tomorrow. As I mentioned, we're going to be broadcasting live at USA Basketball on Thursday. That's going to be a ton of fun. Star-studded. I mean, there's people there. I mean, I, I remember I met Larry Bird at one of those events, Grant Hill. I mean, you never know. It's Shaquille O'Neal. You never know who's going to be dropping by the show on Thursday. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Friday, we're, we have another remote. We're broadcasting live at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, the topless pool out there, topless being optional, of course. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Really looking forward to that. Anybody good Friday? Yes, we do. We have the pastor turned stripper that's going to be joining us. You remember her name? Heather or Nicole. Nicole. Yes, yeah. Nicole. Yeah. Uh, you're a fan, aren't you? Are you a paid subscriber? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yes, I know you're a fan. So uh, she's going to be joining us on Friday. All the celebrities that come out. Yeah, you know, we had the dude from Cobra Kai that was there last week or uh, the week before. Uh, we've had some pretty darn cool celebrity guests stopping by Sapphire. It's a great time out there. They really treat us great. So please check uh, check out Sapphire Gentlemen's Club, especially the uh, the pool. I can't say enough good things about the topless pool, man. It's awesome. Um, but uh, check me out on my socials, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Live on TikTok at PTL Radio Show. Live on Twitter. Live on YouTube, PTL Radio Show. I put a lot of content up there on a daily basis, so you guys have to check it out. It's free. Anybody knows how much I love my free stuff. It's free. Subscribe to my YouTube page, which is at PTL Radio Show, where you'll get all my exclusive content, everything I do here at PTL Nation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I even take uh, comment cards. So you could also even email me at Brian Shapiro at KSHP.com. That's right. I respond to most people that listen to the show. Brian Shapiro at KSHP.com. Is there a rumor that Brutal Brittany is going to be coming on our show next week? Possibly. Wow. How about that? She accused me of abusing her last time she came on. I know. Yeah. I'm an abuser. Because apparently if you're passionate and you raise your voice, you're abusing somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess she's going to be she's going to be joining the show next week. I guess she wants to be abused. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Have a good one.